Hello, Tile friends. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Tile Money. My name is Luke Miller and I am your host today and I am super pumped today. We have a great guest today. I, I am very excited to announce who this is and it's someone who I've personally been listening to for a long time. Back when I was contracting, he has a weekly podcast and I would listen to it every single week without a doubt. He was definitely on my list that I could not miss. Turn on those subscriptions, turn on those notifications. My guest today, uh, his name is Brian Kaskavalsian, and he has a podcast called The Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Here, let me pull that up so you can see this. So I'm excited uh, today because he talks about a lot of the same things I've been talking about, uh, you know, show a profit, have a profit, work a little bit less, uh, build something that's sustainable, something that you can be proud of. Before we bring him on, I just want to take a minute to thank our sponsors. Uh, I just signed on with GoBoard, uh, John's Mansville, so I'm super excited to have GoBoard as a sponsor. They make a great product. Uh, the NTCA, of course, the National Tile Contractors Association, they are the, the oldest association for tile contractors in the United States, so you definitely want to check them out, tile-assn.com. And that'll be in the show notes. And then Ladecree International, of course, uh, a great family company, uh, invented Thinset. What more needs to be said? So let, without further ado, let me bring uh, Brian on. And, and we are live. We've got some Facebook comments coming in. Good to see you. So anybody has questions for, for myself or Brian? Brian, how are you? Thanks for being here. I'm great, Luke. Thanks for having me, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. Did I miss anything? Uh, oh, you know what I missed, Brian? You what? know what I missed, and we're gonna we're we're definitely gonna get into this today. This is one of the reasons I I, I reached out to you. You recently wrote a book called "The Seven yeah. Secrets to Being a Wealthy Contractor." Yeah. Now that is a great title. I love it. I I, I want to get into all seven secrets. We'll probably have time for what one or three, maybe. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> you don't want to keep me on all afternoon, or all or or all day. Yeah, yeah. Because I could keep talking. Well, we appreciate your your willingness to be here and share your knowledge. Absolutely. Interview contractors pretty much every episode, right? Right. Yeah. So you probably have a lot um, of knowledge on you know what everyday real contractors are going through in, in their life. Is that what kind of motivated you? What motivated you to get started with the podcast as well as this book? Pain. Really? What do you mean? Pain. So um, I've owned... Uh, five home improvement companies. And one of them um, actually turned into a national franchise company. And one of the things, well, with that business, I basically lost everything. So I'm 40 years old. So this was 12 years ago, mm -hmm. 40 years old. And I, I built companies from the time I was um, um, 21. I started as a uh, commission salesperson selling kitchens and bathrooms. And then uh, two or three years later, I started, I started my first business and I was doing okay. And then I, I, and then, you know, I, I, I made a lot of the classic mistakes that we all make in business. I looked at the top line instead of looking at the bottom line. Right. I grew way too fast. I didn't understand what I really wanted out of the business. And so because of all of that and because of a bunch of really dumb decisions I made, I'm broke at 40 years old. Can you imagine 40 years old? Yeah. We had, we had, you know, we had a great house that went back. Mm -hmm. We had cars, 
those went back. I remember driving two cars to the car lot because I don't want them to come and you know go through all the hassle repossessing them. I took them back and I said, "Here, guys, here's the keys. I can't pay them anymore." I mean, that sucks. Right. Yeah. And then and then we moved. You know, we moved across country. We moved to Florida, and um, we actually lived in my father-in-law's house. God bless him, Jose. God bless him. We lived in his house in the two back bedrooms. Um, me, my wife, and our two, you know, uh, grade school kids at the time shared one little bathroom. And so I tell people this, and I couldn't talk about it for a really long time. It was just so painful. And so my whole motivation is to help people not make all of those stupid classic yeah. mistakes yeah. that I made yeah. and to shortcut their success. Mm. And so that's what the that's what the book is all about. The podcast started off with me interviewing one of my he's become a great friend, but one of the most successful guys in the home improvement industry mm -hmm. in any in any uh, you know uh, category. And his name's Brian Elias. Built a company you know called One Eight Hundred Hansons. And I thought you know let me ask this guy. How, how he thinks different. How does he approach business different? You know, how do you, because you know this as well as anybody knows yeah. this, is that to get your business to a, to a certain level where it does not rely on you to do the, what I call the thing. Mm -hmm. In your case, it's people actually going and laying tile. To build a company um, around that service is it's it's a big feat you know i mean yeah. there's a lot of moving parts to it and yeah. so that those those are the motivations wow yeah this sounds so familiar to uh, a lot of people i talk to to my life to basically just about you know i i don't know it's got to be 70 80 percent of contractors i feel like go through this process yeah and nice. that is what's so beautiful about the work you're doing and i'm realizing you know the work i'm doing here is we're able to sh tell people look i made some mistakes other people made mistakes and then they you know other people corrected them and and let's highlight them how long have you been doing the podcast because i i mean i remember in 2016 or, or thereabouts is where i found you Okay, so I didn't realize how long I've been doing it. It was late 2016 was when we put the first one out. Okay. And I had okay. no idea. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't realize it would become what it's it's become kind of a big thing like yours has too. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's it's kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean it just goes to show that it's needed and wanted by oh, the yeah. contractor listener basis. I mean, I know listening to your contractor completely changed my thinking. Like you were saying, you were talking to your friend um, and, and saying, what are you doing? What do you think that's different? How do you approach this that's so different and so successful? And so you guys just started talking like conversation style, right? That's it? Yeah. You know what's funny is you'll appreciate this, Luke. The first probably 10 to 15 episodes where all I would have a list of questions. I'd be this is okay. This is what I, I we're going to talk about, and I would create all the questions ahead of time. But you know, as as well as I do, you get to one or two questions, and then the, some your guest will answer a question. You'll be like, "Whoa, wait a minute, tell me more about that." And pretty right. soon, time's up. Right. I stopped a long time ago. We're at episode one hundred and one or one hundred and two now. And I stopped doing that a long time ago. And yeah, I just have conversations with them. Mm. And you know what's funny too? 
And I can t- I can tell you this is and, and you know a few of your listeners, seventeen people watching live. So. Oh really? No way! Oh, I don't even do this live. That's cool. Um, it'll just be between us. Yeah. Um, but um, oh shit! I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> you said that seventeen people threw me off. It's I'm like, sorry, okay, it'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. What were we talking about? <laughs> We were talking about conversation style podcast and, oh, yeah. and how it got started. And you were saying, Oh yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing is like, you know, so a lot of these podcasts, they get these people that are like, I have a, I have a client that is going to do a, like 170 or 180 million this mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. I, Brian Elias, he sold his company two years ago. He sold it at, it was doing $80 million, but you know what? I don't want to know about the $80 million company. Right. Because most people, most people, a, they don't aspire to be that big. Mm -hmm. I never, well, I did aspire to it. I don't today. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and two, most people just don't have the wherewithal to do it. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, as well as I do, you do these businesses, right. And you could make more than enough money to live the life that you want to live for you and your family, take the trips, live the house you want to live in, the car that you want to drive, and then build wealth for the future. I know you've talked about this on your podcast before, which is is awesome, by the way. And so when I talk with these guys, I don't want to know about the 150 million. I want to know when they were a million. Mm -hmm. I want to know when they were 3 million, Mm -hmm. right? Because look, you get these businesses to $5 million a year, you do it right, you're making more money, more money than most everybody right. else, right? right? Yeah. And so that's where I want to focus. That's mm-hmm. where I really want to focus. I want to know what they were thinking then, mm-hmm. you know, what were the challenges they had then? Yeah. Today's challenges, we don't relate to them, Yeah. right? Right. Yeah, when you when you get to a certain point, it, you do forget. You know, you 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 tend to forget how things were when you were yeah. as you as on the journey, right? And and sometimes a good conversation, and you do this, you get people to tell, uh, expose themselves, and and tell stories about them their business, and, and they're happy to do it. It's just incredible. That's the one thing that I always appreciate about you is you pull it out of them. Yeah, and you know, most people are good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Most people are inherently good. And I know a lot of, you know, there's a lot of talk out there about the rich and the this sure, and the that. Sure. That's such a bunch of, I don't know if I can cuss here, but I'll just say BS. There you go. Such a bunch of BS, right? Yeah, yeah. These are some of the nicest people and they want to be helpful. Yeah. They want to give back. They just don't always know how to do it. And so I'm very, I, I'm, 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 I'm blessed, man. I, I, I've got a good, client group that I can pull from. And I got good relationships with people that will introduce us to others. So anyway, yeah, your whole, your audience is getting a whole behind the scenes of, of, of podcasting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to me and I'm, I'm sure it's interesting to at least some of them, Yeah. So, but just, just in case it's not, let's jump into the book, you know, sure. and, and the title of everything. I mean, your brand, you know, it's a wealthy contract. We've already talked about it a little bit. I think I know what you're going to say, but what do you really envision when you think about who that wealthy contractor is? What does that mean? So what it means is, look, we are all different. You live a lifestyle. 
I live a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. They're very different, right? I'm not going to impose my lifestyle on you. You're not going to impose your lifestyle on me. Mm -hmm. But the thing that you and I have in common is we want to help the tradesman, the contractor, the business owner. We want to help them design and create a business that's going to work for them. Mm -hmm. Whatever that means. So some people, look, some people build a million dollar business. They'll make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. They'll live on 50 grand. They'll invest a hundred. And in 10 years, they'll have apartment building, a bunch of apartment buildings or this and that. And they're wealthy because they've got five grand or 10 grand a month coming in every month from their apartment buildings. They never have to work a day in their lives again. Yeah. You know, and so, and for some people, it's a hundred grand a month. Yeah. Yeah. Or it doesn't matter. I love this point. It's the money doesn't matter. I mean, we're not talking about piles of gold that, you know, who was it? Donald Dunk or or Scrooge that used to dive into the gold. We're not talking about amassing and holding and hoarding money. We're talking about lifestyle, right? Right. Lifestyle and and real building, real wealth, Mm. you know, and, and the, the reality of it is I say, I say the, the amount does not matter. However, the fundamentals are the same, Mm -hmm. whether you want a permanent, I call it permanent income. I, and I didn't make that up, by the way. And and it's the thing I'm at 52 years. I'm a lot older than you. So at 52 years old, I'm my thinking is very different than it was when I was your age. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so now I'm thinking about how do I over the next 10 years create permanent income, meaning how do I take the wealth that I've accumulated this far, plus what I'm creating every day, every month, every year. And how do I turn that into um, a certain amount to where I can live my life the way I want to live it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, we love to travel. Right. Some people, they like to travel. So I have clients that have lake houses. Yeah. So, you know, so they take their money from their business that their profit, the profit that they make from their business and they go and they buy a lake house. Mm -hmm. Right. And then on the weekends they go and they live, they live at the lake house and they love it. Mm -hmm. Me. I want to get, I want to go to Miami international airport. I want to get on an airplane. I'm going to sit in first class and I want to go around the world. I want to go to different places around the world, but that's me. Right. Yeah. But the but the but the bottom line here is the fundamentals of getting there are all the same. Yeah. They're all the same, yeah. right? And 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 so that's what that's that what it's really all about. So this sounds good, but most of my audience, uh, you know, are, are listening to this and they're shaking their set their head, saying, "Yes, I can envision myself traveling or a lake home or or whatever other you know um, nice things, wealthy lifestyle, rich, fulfilled lifestyle they're they're wanting, but." Where does someone start, Brian? Because look, a lot of my audience, you know, they're, you know, they're still at, you know, a hundred thousand in sales a year. They're they're in year two or three in business. Um, yeah. We no a lot of my audience is, you know, in year twenty of business. Some are second and third generation businesses. But you know, speak to that that contractor, please, if you will, who's you know yep. attempting to get beyond, get off the tools even. Now, where do they start with this mindset? Well, the first thing they've got to do is they got to stop doing tile installation. Mm. So if you're the owner of a tile installation company, right? 
the last thing in the world you should be doing is installing tile, mm. right? If you own a window replacement company, the last thing you should be doing is installing windows. Yeah. yeah. And, or, and so a lot of the guys in that space, which is where most of my clients are window roofing, siding, mm. most of those guys come from the sales side. So they're out there. They're like, well, I could go and I can sell like nobody's business. Yeah, of course you can. But there's a limit. Mm -hmm. There's a limit. Right. For example, you know, so if you're setting tile, let's use that because business owners come from one of two sides. They come from the trade side or they come from the sales and, and marketing side, let's call it. Right. right? And so if you're in, if you are on your knees installing tile right now, and you want to build a company that's going to provide the lifestyle and the wealth that you want, the very first thing you have to do is stop installing tile. You can hire people to do that. Right. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to keep an eye on them. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have standards. Mm -hmm. You're going to show them this is how we do it here. Yeah. We do not compromise. We use a flipping level. Right. Right. You teach them your way. Yeah. Spacers. Right. And, and, and this is how it is supposed to look. Mm -hmm. We don't cut corners. We think before we cut, right. All of that stuff. Right. That, it's funny because people think that, well, nobody's going to do it as good as me. That's flawed thinking. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at the richest people in any, in any field, what what is the one thing that they have in common well they have many things in common but one of the main things that they have in common is they're always looking for people better than them mm -hmm. right at certain things so the first thing that the tradesman has to do is stop installing tile right. and start building a team of people that can install tile the way you want it done right number one yeah. number two then now you got to go and sell mm -hmm. but you're only going to sell for a little while because this is the problem that a lot of my clients will or people in the window roofing siding one day bath space where i i do where most of my clients are is they get stuck just like the tile installer on his knees they get stuck running leads mm-hmm so look in home improvement, you could sell, you know, I, I'm not sure with tile tile, you could probably sell a million dollars a year in tile, depending on the client, depending on blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. But that's it. That's a full time job. And if you're not selling, you're not making money. Right. There's right. no new jobs coming in. Yeah. So that needs to be replaced. Yeah. Then what do you have to do? Once you got installs, I got install and I got jobs that are being sold. Now, what do I need to do? Now I got to go make leads. Mm -hmm. Now I got to be good at marketing. Okay. Now you got to make sure that your salespeople have leads to run. And so you become a marketer and you become a money manager and you become a people manager. And then you got to just start again. You start to, to, um, you can bring on people to help you with marketing. You can bring on, you know, people to help you with your money. Mm -hmm. Um, but you have to become an owner. You got to look at the business from 30,000 feet. And, you know, we look, we learned in the e-myth, Michael Gerber, right. you have to work 
on the business, not in the business. Right. Right. That's so I know book. that was a long answer. No, I love it. And I, but, you know but what? That's the reality of it. There's no other yeah. way to do it. Yeah. And before, before you started talking, just as you started talking, Jordan from the UK asked this question and you essentially, I didn't show you this question, but you, you essentially answered, you know, this question for him. Um, yeah. He's been a subcontractor. He's looking to do his own thing, looking to scale. I mean, every single word that uh, Brian just said, Jordan, uh, go back and listen to it again, because yeah. if you, if you want to build something for yourself that you can scale, you know, everything he said is absolutely true. Yeah. I experienced it in my business. My first employee that I kept longer than two or three weeks, you know, because typically I, I, I'm saying you should know within two or three days or two or three weeks if someone's right. going to be a good fit for you and yep. fi fire them as fast as you're hiring them. I went through about six before I kept one and he was with me for, for years until I clo closed down last year. Yeah. And um, he, he started installing tile the year I was born. So this man literally could have been my father and had yeah. over 35 years of experience in the tile industry. I hired him and paid him most weeks that first year, his check was bigger than mine. And I, yeah. I was the company owner, but I made that sacrifice because it, it started to, um, it started to slowly go the other way. Now where I was installing less and less and less and eventually almost down to zero. And, and but his checks, you know, Right. I mean, I gave him nice raises, but at some point after year two or three, my checks became bigger. So yeah. it was a nice way to do it. Yeah. Look, the, the, the secret is not in, and I hate to say this to people because they take it the wrong way. And I don't, I only mean it with out of respect and out of just, I, I again, I don't want you to go through, I want you to have what you want in life, but they get hung up on that they got to do the work themselves. Mm -hmm. And that is the thing that keeps you small. Yeah. What you've got to get good at, there are other people out there that can install tile just as good, maybe even better than you. Mm -hmm. Go find them. <laughs> right. You know, just and, and you know, and, and by the way, sorry to interrupt you, but here's the thing I tell people too all the time. They'll say to me, well, what if I really enjoy setting right. tile? Right. What if I really enjoy running leads? I say to them, great, build a company to where everything's working. You got people in place that are installing, that are making leads, that are selling. And if you want to pop in and you want to say, okay, hey guys, look, business is, you know, it's running. I got people in place and I want to go install tile for a week. Go, go, right? Yeah. yeah. If that's what you love, Right. Go do it. But you only do it after the business doesn't rely on you anymore. Wow. The I'm business glad you said doesn't that. rely on you. I'm glad you said that, Brian, because I was playing the devil's ad advocate. You know, a lot of tilers are artisans. You know, they really yeah. they they really want their hands on the tools. And I was going to come at you with all these different arguments right now. But because you just said that, it, it basically mutes the point because you're saying that even if I want to install tile when I want, what tile I want to in my company, I can have all that as long as I follow the formula, build the think company. About it. Yeah. So think about it. You become you become the sales and marketing of your company. All right. right. You right. become the guy that's making or, or or woman that's making the relationships, that's driving lead generation, that's sell that's bringing sales into the company. And this really cool job comes up. Right. 
really cool. Yeah. And like, man, I would love to go and do that. Well, look, if you're like, you know, some business owners, me included, like I don't have much to do. My company doesn't really need me, mm. right? If I want to get involved in a marketing campaign, I could jump in and I can get involved. If I want to go set tile, mm. have at it, go have fun. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But build the business first and, yeah. and make no mistake. Business is all about creating customers, creating them, keeping them, and multiplying them. That's business. And as the owner, that is your job. How do I create customers, keep customers, and multiply customers, but do it profitably? Mm -hmm. Profitably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have that profit there. That is the yeah. lifeblood, right? Yeah. Too many, we, you know, look, you, you know this, yeah. too many contractors work way too hard. In fact, it's like the first section of my book. The yeah. first thing you're going to read is, Contractors are working way too hard for way too little. Yeah. Enough is enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Enough yeah. is enough. Let it go. And the truth is the problem is, and I'm sure you'll agree with me. I hope is, is when you're, when you're young or a smaller contractor operating a smaller business and you're wearing too many hats, you, and you're charging too, too little because your marketing isn't there. You're not getting enough leads. So you charge all the, all the little, you charge too little because you have to win. You have to win every single bid. In fact, a lot of contractors will pride themselves on winning every single bid. So you, you're, you're, you're working all day. You have to work 50 weeks a year and, and you're doing estimates on the weekend and, and, and evenings. And I, I, I really, encourage my audience to get out of this, break this habit early. If you don't break it early and you don't start out this way, you will end up 10 years down the road wondering why you're still working seven days a week. And it's, it's a sad, sad thing. So uh, yeah, you're before absolutely we leave, right, by before, the way. Yeah, absolutely oh, right. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Before we leave the subject of employees, uh, a Facebook user asked, um, and I, I'm interested to know if you found anything, Brian, that is a good medium for finding labor to scale. I mean, you know, there's Craigslist, there's all these different things. What? So labor is interesting. So labor is interesting. So you should always be on the lookout for good people, mm -hmm. always and everywhere. Yeah. Today, you could find somebody with the right attitude mm -hmm. and teach them the skill, right? Going and finding, see, everybody thinks, well, I have to go find an experienced tile setter. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you find some young kid that's hungry, that's got an eye, an artistic eye, mm -hmm. that's detail-oriented, and has a good work ethic, you can teach them how to set tile. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And so, you know, people get too hung up on, well, there's Indeed and there's um, Craigslist and there's uh, local newspapers and there's use them all. Mm -hmm. Everything. It's like right. with marketing, yeah. you've got to use everything, but run your metrics, test. Is it working? Is it not working? Mm -hmm. Right. And try different and, and try different things. And the reality of it is too. So this is interesting because 
a lot of my larger clients now are busier than ever. I would imagine your people too are just yeah. busier than ever. This has yeah. been a boom for home improvement. Everyone. Yeah. Right. It's boom. incredible. Okay. So what's interesting is that the people you want, the good people, they're already working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. What's going to make them, you know, so if you're, if you're only hiring off a Craig, Craigslist, you're getting all the rejects. You're getting all the people that nobody else wanted, right? Right. The good people are working for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so how do you create an environment, a culture, the Mm -hmm. buzzword culture, Mm -hmm. you know, how do you create an environment and a culture where people want to come and work for you? How do you pay more than everybody else? How do you give more benefits than everybody else. Okay. Now that's an open-ended question. We can have a discussion about how you do that. I'm not sure if that's where you want to go, but that's how you do it. Yeah. Well, you asked those questions. I mean, I think we should answer them. <laughs> I mean, if you, yeah, if you will. More, it's a simple, It listen, the answer is simple, but people, it freaks people out. Mm. But the reality of it is you have to charge more than everybody else. Right. Okay. And, but, but, People now are listening to that and saying, well, that's, you know, yeah, that you don't know what my market is like. Everybody around here is cheap. Everybody is going off the low bidder. Everybody. Yeah. Because you're part of the problem Mm -hmm. because you are running your business just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so when five people show up, they all look the same, sound the same. Right. Mm -hmm. But and they all email estimates, which is the dumbest thing you could ever do. That's a whole nother topic. You have to become a salesperson Mm -hmm. and you have to build value into what you do and you have to sell that value. But when you get five estimates from five people or three that all look the same, sound the same, what are the, what is the consumer left with? They're all the same. One thing. Price. Price. The worst thing you can leave them with because that is a game no one is going to win. So you have to figure out how am I going to charge more than everybody else so that I can pay for advertising so that I can pay to have great people working for me, not good people, great people, because great people and great processes is what's going to help you build a company that doesn't rely on you, right? You have to be profitable. Okay. And in most cases, in almost every case, it's not because the owner is frivolous in their spending. It's not that their overhead is overinflated or they're paying too much for tile or for thin set or for grout or for spacers or for two. That's not the problem. That's not how you get rich. You get rich by charging more than everybody else and having the customer at the end of the day say, wow, you guys were amazing. Yes, I know I paid more, but I am so glad I did because I got this, this, and this, whatever your value propositions are. Yeah. Find the people who want what you're offering, right? Yeah. And And the beauty of that system is you don't have to sell as many jobs. You don't have to take every single job that comes along. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. You said something that uh, piqued my interest and someone from Facebook asked as well. Uh, what, instead of emailing an estimate, I think, did you say that was a dumb idea? What, what would worst thing that, you could do? What would, what's the better idea? Face to face in person, face to face, build value. Yeah. Anything that you do needs a, requires a sales presentation, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to home improvements. Mm -hmm. So in the window roofing siding uh, space, we use a 10 step selling system. You do step one, then you do step two, then you do three and on all the way through. Yeah. And you don't go to step two until step one is done. Beauty of this. Now there's a couple dynamics going on here. One is you're building value all throughout. Right. Okay. You're building value all throughout. And if you're doing it right, by the time you get to the end, that customer is looking at you and saying, man, I'd be stupid not to work with you, mm. right? And the only issue then is, can they afford it, okay? And there's ways to help them make it affordable, mm -hmm. okay? That's one, one benefit of that. The other benefit to that is you could teach that system, mm -hmm. right. right? Right. You could teach it. So if you need... A business now i'm going you know this is part of what the the seven secrets book does like right up at the front is yeah. if you need 10 grand a month in profit to right. live the life that you want to live right now you can reverse engineer and figure out in your business how many salespeople do i need how much do i need to sell first off in order to make the profit that i need to make right once i know that now i know based on a couple other numbers, how many salespeople I need. Mm. You might need one, you might need 10. Again, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The number doesn't matter, the fundamental doesn't change. Whether you have one salesperson or you have 150, you need a sales presentation. Mm -hmm. That's why I say emailing estimates makes you just like everybody else and it immediately knocks off half the price that you could probably get. Love it, love it. Yeah, I love it. And and then someone said, well, if you're getting, if you are getting a lot of, you know, um, calls and inquiries, you know, a day, you know, you're not going to go to everyone's, you know, everyone's house, um, you know, how to find the customer they want, you know, and my, my answer to that real quick, you got to weed them out over the phone. You got to find out if they're your customer really quick. So it all becomes about asking questions, you know, establishing a budget over the phone. I mean, I, 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 preach. We don't have to go look at every single job to know. And the reason you're doing that is, is cause you're, you're charging too little because when there's a, when there's a healthy margin there, you know, okay, my average bathroom, my average showers, you know, I'm charging 5,000 last 20 were 5,000. I'm not going to go over there and measure it to tell them I'm going to charge 5,000. I know this is going to be about a $5,000 shower or, you know, whatever. Do you want to, do you think we're a good fit? Would you say that's about, you know, a good way to handle that? Or what, what do you think, Brian? He's shaking his head. All right. No. Look, if you're getting four inquiries a day, yeah. number one, you were right at the beginning is you got to have somebody professional answering the phone. Mm -hmm. There are qualifying questions that you ask. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, in, in my world, four inquiries a day means four appointments. You mm -hmm. run for appointments. Okay. The price is the price at the end of the day. But again, 
if they're in a system, a sales present presentation system, okay, and you're building value, building value, building value, and you get to the end, and now a shower you might have charged five grand for before, you, instead of just emailing them something or telling them over the phone, well, my average shower is going to be $5,000. Are you okay with that? What are they going to say? Hell no, I'm not. A, what are you talking about? Five grand just for some tile in my right. shower? Right. They don't know everything that's involved. Right, right. Right? So you got to run that lead. You have four inquiries a day. You're doing a damn good job of marketing. Yeah. Now you need to hire sale, uh, hire installers, and you need to put on your mar your sales cap yeah. and figure out how am I going to go and see, you know, if you're getting so look, rule of thumb again in the world that I'm in, and and yours it depends on what the job is. Might be a little bit different, but two leads a day per salesperson. That's it. Mm. two wow I'm because yeah. it takes time yeah you know yeah. and look everybody's uh, uh, you know with tile it's going to be different what are they calling for mm -hmm. well we just have a vanity we want done well i'm sorry but we don't you know in that case you might say is there anything else because we really don't only come out for one vanity mm -hmm. but if they're telling you well we want to have the bathroom done mm -hmm. you're talking about how much what's the average the whole bathroom yeah, bathroom remodel, like just tile. Yeah. You're you're talking, you know, eight grand, ten grand. I mean, eight you know, ten thousand dollars. Okay. You know, Great. Seven to ten. Yeah. Okay. So now you're falling right into the range of a roofing company, mm -hmm. a window company, and they are sending a salesperson out. And that sales presentation could take an hour and a half, could take three hours. Yeah. That's why two. Why? Because they you can't rush. Mm. You can't skip steps. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to the price, you know, a lot of your guys, I'm not sure. And this, this may be something that, and, I, and I'm not sure if you've covered this in your, um, uh, on the podcast or not, but, and I can set you up with some people, but yeah. you, you've got to talk to your customers about financing. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I, oh, thank you so much. Cause I've been looking for someone to interview about financing. I've oh, interviewed a uh, couple well, contractors who are actually doing it, but I haven't interviewed like a company who offers it. I got the guy. I got the guy for perfect, you. Perfect. Perfect. His name Thank is you, Brian. Thank you. Listen, most think about this. How many people, how many people want to write a check out of their bank account mm -hmm. for $7,000? Right. Right? Right. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody wants to write a check for seven grand, yeah. right? Now, maybe they saved up their money for all this. You know, oh, we've been saving, you know, the average bathroom. People save for their bathroom or like have the thought of actually, you know, like redoing a bathroom for five to seven years before they actually do it. Right. What if you can get them in year one and say, yeah. wait a minute. You don't need to save all of this money. We'll give it. We, we could do this whole job for you for $128 a month. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? So my best clients, if they're not, if they're not at 60% minimum jobs being financed, something's not right. Uh, they're, they're not trying hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. And look, and in your space too, it's probably not a normal thing.
It's no, it's possible. not a normal thing. In no. fact, everybody resists it. We, my, I have a Facebook group of almost, you know, 5,000 people and they're all tile contractors. They're all business owners, smaller, you know, a lot of them are remodelers and, and 90% of them will resist this. And, and as you're saying this, I can hear them in my head. Why would Why? I want to work for somebody mm -hmm. who can't afford me all this stuff? But here's the thing, Brian, and you probably know this. Uh, there's a company out there sometimes called bath fitters or something yep. else. They're charging like 10 G's, $10,000 cool, hard money or Yep. And for plastic, for plastic that they overlay, they hide the problem. And, and the, the thing is, the reason they can do it is because they offer financing. Now, that doesn't mean they don't get paid. We're talking about a, you know, a middleman, a finance company, and, and you can raise your prices, you can stand out, you can you can hit people up like Brian's saying somebody who just bought their home. You know, they're, they have a young family here, they found they find mold in their shower, or they, you know, it's just ugly. Look, 150, 200 bucks a month. You can have a brand new shower for five years or whatever it is, whatever the numbers come out to be. But yeah, I love the idea. Oh, oh, wait a minute, but look in their driveway. Yeah, right. There's a Toyota right, or a BMW yeah. or a Mercedes. Yeah. Listen, there's a, there's a, you know, I, this is awesome. I could buy my car for cash. Right. I don't, I lease it. Right. It doesn't mean anything. I'd rather lease. I'd rather pay a thousand dollars a month for my car than write them a check for a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Why? I want my money, right? <laughs> I'm okay with you know strategically doing it. I'm a business owner, so it's a little bit different. But if you go look at people that are you know you know your regular uh, customer that's making 60, 70, 80 grand a year. And they have a Toyota in the driveway. You really think that they waited and waited and wrote a check for $29,548 for that? Mm -hmm. Hell no. What you're going to tell them, oh, you can't afford me. Right. That's ego. Right. Make yeah. money. You know, I, I, I have a friend, a, a client years and years ago, he said something to me that has stuck with me and, and I live my life this way, but I never heard it put this way. He says, I'd rather be rich then be right. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Being right is all about ego. Yeah. Forget it. Put your, put your ego aside and go get rich. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do the things that rich people do. Right. My richest, wealthiest clients, they're not going to go out there and say, Oh, I'm not going to go see them if they can't write me a check. They don't, they're going to sell them financing because they know a couple of things. One, they're more likely to close the deal mm -hmm. Two, they're more likely to get the extra bells and whistles. Those, those one day bath companies, I have, I don't know how many of them as clients I have, I have clients that sell my biggest one does over a hundred of those a month. I don't know what the number is off the top wow. of my head over a hundred a month. Wow. Okay. Well, you said it plastic, yeah. right? Yeah. Tile installers. You guys probably hate them. Yeah, right? I mean, but they're killing it right now. Yeah. And yeah. what are they doing? They're offering everybody financing. Yeah. So you can't, you don't ignore it because it, if the longer you ignore it, the, the longer you're not going to be wealthy. Right. Plain right. and simple. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. Get your head out of the sand and realize that it's, it's time to do something different. Take a, take yep. a risk, take a chance, which is actually one of the secrets I, I feel like um, I, I saw in the book here 
that I wanted to talk about. Secret number three, the wealthy contractor is 100% committed no matter what. Can you tell us a little bit about what's in that chapter? So, you know, it's funny. Um, we say all the time we want something, you know. So people will say they want a, let's come up with something like, um, or, or they they want a, they want a business. Let's use some of the same stuff that we've been using throughout our discussion. They want a business that runs without them. They want a business that makes more than enough money to where, man, I don't have to worry about payroll. I don't have to worry about feeding my family. I don't have to worry about, about um, going on a vacation, right? Mm -hmm. The question then becomes, okay, that's great. But how committed are you to that? Mm. How committed are you? So I did, there was, a, there was a while there when I was broke that I did consulting. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I would go in and I would meet with these companies. They would hire me to help them with their business. And um, I would... Say, okay, here, we're going to, let's put this into place. Let's just say we're going to raise prices. Mm -hmm. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. And here's what we have to do. And I would get like super excited because it's like, okay, great. You're not charging enough. Here's how we're going to charge more. Boom, boom, boom. Let's put this into place. And then you come back next week or next month, whatever the deal was, come to find out, no, they haven't done anything. <laughs> and this just kept happening and happening. And it's like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. But by the way, this is one of the reasons I don't do consulting anymore is just because it's so frustrating. Oh, but I started asking people, I would give them the strategy and they would say, how committed are you on a scale of one to 10, 10 being, I will crawl over broken glass to get this done. One being, I really don't care. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not even going to think twice about it. The minute you leave, it's gone. Yeah. I would ask them if they weren't at eight or nine. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even pursue it. Mm -hmm. However, that's eight or nine in the book. I say, you better be at 10, 10. Yeah. And I say something too, that is, I, I, I wrote this in my first book and it's, it's something that you won't see most of these like self-help gurus and all of them out there. They're all talking about, oh, you could be this and you could be that and then, 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 then. Okay, great. But they're not talking about commitment. I say to people, look, if you want a, if you want to drive a Mercedes, mm -hmm. okay, you can get a Mercedes for whatever, seven or 800 a month, up to two or 3,000 a month, whatever the one you want, okay? Right. How committed are you? Are you really willing to do what it takes mm -hmm. to drive a Mercedes? Are you really willing to do what it takes to live in that house that you want to live in and not sweat your mortgage every month? Mm -hmm. If you are not at a 10, let it go. Yeah. Let it go because mm -hmm. you'll never get it. Wow. And so why beat yourself up? Yeah. Oh, I don't live where I want to live. I don't drive what I want to drive. I really would like to be driving of this or driving of this. How committed are you? And if you're not at a 10, let it go. Mm. It's okay. You just don't want it bad enough. There's things. My company is called G4 Marketing Group. Mm -hmm. 
G4, the, where the name comes from is, I have it right there. I can't really show it to you, but I have a picture on my, my wall of a Gulfstream 4 jet. Mm. When I was in my 20s, that's what I wanted. When I look at that, to me, it embodied freedom. If I had a Gulfstream 4 jet, I could go anywhere, anytime. It meant I was completely 100% free. Mm-hmm. Okay, That was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I'm 52 now. Do I want a jet? Am I, a, am I willing to do the things that I would need to do to have a jet? Even that one, the old, you know, mm-hmm. that I could probably get for eight or nine million dollars. No, I'm not. And guess what? I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I'm perfectly okay with it. I don't want to do what I don't want to do that. Not willing to do it. So I let it go. I'm not going to beat myself. Up. Oh, I don't have a, a ghost. I used to do that. I used to be in the air in an airplane and sitting in the economy seats, looking out at the private hangar and thinking, Oh, woe is me. Oh, look, they've got a private jet. I don't have a private. There you go. I don't have a private jet and beat myself yeah. up. Yeah, all kinds of stupid crap to myself. Not anymore. I look over there now and I think about it and say, well, you know, maybe I would do charter. Maybe I would do that. Yeah. Maybe I'm willing to do that. Right. But anyway, but it's like this. If you're not committed. Anyway. No, I love it. It's a great illustration. In fact, um, yeah. Charter a jet, you know, uh, charter a boat. Uh, you yeah. charter a fishing boat or whatever twice, two or three times a year is going to, is going to save you much more money. If yeah. Not, where if am I going to go? Committed. Yeah. Yeah. Where am I going to go? How, as much as I love to travel, yeah. do I really need to spend $10 million plus a million dollars a year? But, but again, though, the money, the number, the thing doesn't matter. It could be the same for having a driving around in a BMW mm-hmm. or driving around in whatever, you know, it's, or having that boat. Yeah. You know? Incredible. Incredible. Well, listen, Brian, I've got a couple more questions. Uh, okay. the, the last one here is, is really about, you know, if you can think back, uh, you know, the, the last, what is it? What did we say? Almost four years you've been doing this podcast. My daughter is four. And I, I remember it was right around that time that I, I found you. And, and so, um, you've talked to a lot of contractors who kind of broke through. Remember we were talking about kind of breaking through that barrier and and pivoted from, you know, being on the tools every day, being stuck in the trenches every day, not showing a profit, but, but then they broke through. Tell us about what it was. Is there someone who stands out in your mind or an example, you don't have to give a name who pivoted uh, and got next, you know, and started scaling their business. Can you tell us about that? So this is another area that is not talked a lot about in our space. And that is mindset. Mm -hmm. Everything starts with a decision to be, do, or have something different than what we have today. So look, if you are a tile installer, you're on your knees installing tile, you know you're not making, you know, as much money as you want to be making. You have a decision to make. And if you show up tomorrow doing the same thing, that was your decision. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it all starts. Now is 
this stuff easy? No, because you have to go against what you already believe. That's why this book, by the way, I don't talk about how to make leads in this book. I don't talk about how to make sales. I don't have a, a 10 step selling system in this book. Mm-hmm. All I'm talking about in this book is what's going on up here. Right. What are the seven things? And they all build on each other, right? Yeah. Secret and, six is controlling your mind. Exactly. Yeah. And so if you, for example, like with the whole financing thing where you said just people, it just goes against everything that they believe. Mm-hmm. Well, So here's the thing. If there are other people out there that are wealthy because of that strategy and you want to be wealthy and the way you're doing it now does not work or is not working, you have a decision to make. Plain and simple. It starts with that. And then you have to Um, And the hard part becomes, okay, well, if I made the decision, okay, well, now, how am I going to think differently? How am I going to program my mind? Because the minute you make that decision and you say, okay, all right, I'm going to call a financing company. Well, and I'm going to get set up for finance. Let's say you take it that far. The minute you're face to face now with a customer, are you going to be able to pull the trigger? Or is your head trash? going to keep, no, there's something immoral about this. No, I don't believe in debt. Or no, they, they, uh, uh, this is too much money for them. This is all that noise that's going on in your head is going to kill that decision that you made. So what do you have to do? Mm. You got to change the conversation in your head. Mm. By the way, that's how you make more money too. For years and years and years and years, I was always at, all of us have a a set point. I talk about it in the book. We all have a set point. For some people, it's 40,000 a year. For some people, it's 400,000 a year. For some people, it's 4 million a year. For for, the the money, again, the amount doesn't matter. Right. How do you make more money? Well, you don't only create a better business. You also have to put your mind mindset. If you're a $40,000 a year person, and you want to make $100,000, guess what? You need to start thinking like a $100,000 person. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. Never. And and believe, uh, all of this stuff is from experience. All of this stuff is, I quadrupled my income four years ago Mm -hmm. because I made a decision. Now, it took me 18 months to do it, Mm -hmm. okay? And I have a new set point now that is four times higher than what my set point was before. Wow. But it was all a game up here. Right, right. All a game up here. Yeah. It's so interesting you you mentioned all this about the mindset. You know, I recently did interview someone who uh, we talked about mindfulness and mindset. Mindfulness, and yeah. it's just so, it was just so incredible. And I got such, I, I, I didn't know how my audience was going to respond. They, they loved it. I, I got such a good response. So it's, it's funny that you say that Luke, because when I first did it yeah. too, on my podcast, um, I was a little concerned Yeah. when you come to my events, we do a big annual event every year. And I do other workshops around the country throughout the year, I, obviously not this year, but, um, I always always have a mindset section in there Mm -hmm. 
And at first I was afraid. I wasn't sure because it's not talked about in this industry. People loved it. So for you, I would suggest you do more of it mm -hmm. because it's the thing that will have the biggest impact. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. So just two more brief questions here. So okay. you mentioned you mentioned your event. I know you're in Miami. I'm over here in Bradenton by Tampa. Uh, IBS is scheduled February 9th through 11th, International Builder Show in Orlando. Yeah. And the Kitchen and Bath International Show. Yeah. I'm planning a tile money uh, business workshop, a two-day event. Awesome. I would love to uh, right now extend the invitation for you to come speak. Um, and, and you don't have to give me an answer now, but it's going to okay. be February uh, 7th and 8th. Okay. So you can pick one of those days that works out for you. Okay. And, and you can come uh, speak. I would and, love it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I would great. love it. Let's talk about it offline. For sure. What's for sure. funny is our annual event was going to be those same days. Oh, really? IBS came out and I wanted to go to, uh, to be at IBS. And yeah. a lot of our sponsors will also be at IBS. Sure. Yeah. So we moved our event to, um, I think, the 26th and 27th of January. Yeah. Um, but okay. yeah, let's talk offline about that because yeah. I, I, I'd really love to get involved with you and meet some of your um, listeners. Yeah. Well, it makes sense because contractors will be flying in for that event anyways. Yeah. Fly in two days early, come to a tile money event and, and we'll have a great crowd. I've already got people committed. So we're good. Oh, awesome. Great. Yeah. 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 Great. So, well, listen, where can people find you? So the best thing, I think the best thing to do is, um, have I, I the best introduction is is obviously the podcast so anywhere wherever you get podcasts from um look for the wealthy contractor um and you will find it and mm -hmm. go and start listening to to some of the episodes and see see how you like it you'll see that if you like what luke is doing i think you'll like what i'm doing too because we're of the same mind i think um, in how we uh, uh, think about the business mm -hmm. of fill in the blank, yeah. you know, contracting, tile, whatever it is. And then um, I would love you guys to get a copy of the seven secrets to becoming a wealthy contractor. Here is the deal. Here is the deal. There you go. If you go to thewealthycontractor.com, thewealthycontractor.com, and you hit that link where whatever it is, get the book. You can get this for free. Mm, I will wow. give you, I will send you a copy. I buy the book, you pay uh, shipping and handling. Nice. That's the deal. And uh, by the way, even the shipping and handling is guaranteed. So if you get the book and you don't like it, just send me an email, let me know, and I'll send you your shipping and handling money back. It's wow. $6.95 shipping and handling, but I will send you a copy of the book. Plus you're going to get access to all of the resources that are online. So when you get the book, we're going to send you a link. You'll have your own uh, username and password. You can log in there and there are worksheets in the book. Like mm -hmm. we talked about reverse engineering, figuring out how much money you need and then how do you, you know, there's a bunch of stuff in there that you can go and um, you have access too and um yeah that's Very that's nice. that's that's the best entry point into what we are doing over over here yeah yeah love it love it so the wealthycontractor.com get a copy of your free book uh, i did a uh, when it earlier when it came out um which was uh, you know several months ago uh if not more right 
but it's a powerful book. came out. Yeah, I think it came out early this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the year has just been incredibly nuts, right? Slow, oh, but fast. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, crazy. Incredible, incredible. All right, Brian. Well, uh, I, I really want to thank you for being a guest on the Thanks podcast. Thanks for having me, Luke. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. And, and I hope to see you in February uh, and we'll have a good time. Yep. Would love it. All right, Tile friends. Well, that was an incredible interview with Brian. And I, I really, I, I can see you appreciated it because so many of you are still here live. And I want to thank you for being live with with us to ask questions and whatnot. And um, listen, stay tuned. Like I said, this is happening early February. I'll be releasing more details on the Tile Money Business Workshop that will happen in February 7th and 8th in Orlando, Florida. I'll be releasing that later this week. So make sure that your notifications are on wherever you watch this, YouTube, Facebook, uh, uh, podcast, you know, and um, if you're interested in, in attending, please let me know. Uh, comment in the Facebook that you are planning on attending because this is going to be a fun event. And, and like I said, I'll, I'll be releasing more details. So until next week, tile friends, stay profitable out there. Talk to you soon.